podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We call whistle, and this is true. We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't need robbing, stealing, or mugging. In fact, we'll take it seriously. We're only bugging. <laughs> Hello, my name's Mark Webster. This is the Whistleblowers. We're back after a bit of a break, of course, because there was the thrills and spills of an international weekend. Another one coming up soon. I can barely wait. Will my heart take the strain? Just about, is my thinking. Here to help me through uh, this crisis, which is the fact that we've now got real things to talk about, is Alan Alga. I I believe it's your first return, isn't it, this season? Could well be. Third appearance, first this season. I yes, think. indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Ball. Welcome in. Yeah, left foot, right foot. And now we are red. Well played. Good to see you, Mark. Nice to see you, Al, as well. Um, see how he's uh, come, uh, come to terms with the fact that Arsenal are doing quite well. He won't be happy. Um, <laughs> and our northern correspondent has returned, Michael Taylor. Hello, mate. Hey, up, mate. How are you? Now, Michael, you'll be delighted to hear um, it is a. Blackburn Rovers fan. I don't know if that's the delightful bit. But the delightful bit is, is that um, as a Blackburn Rovers fan, he's an activist Blackburn Rovers fan. And there's a really impressive campaign going on involving the expenditure of, I can't, I, I don't know, I, I want to put a price on it, but you, you splashed out, you and your enormous gang of Amini. Five. Five people splashed out on 100 stickers. Now, generally speaking, you'd like to think that a sticker campaign involved random use of stickers everywhere in their tens of thousands. And yet, you chose... 100. Yes. Now, how's that campaign going thus far? Yeah, very well. Where where can we see them? I'm going to guess pretty much nowhere. Uh, All over Blackburn Rovers Stadium. Every away game we've been to this season. Um... Okay, let me put it this way. How many got left? Uh, about 50. <laughs> What's it say? Selective. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> this, is the pro- this is what he was describing to me earlier. They basically, all five have to get together to decide if a lamppost somewhere randomly, I don't know. Is up, worthy. Is worthy of a sticker <laughs> on it. And his son, what did you, your son have to do? He, he come up to you, didn't he? Or Cloak and Dagger. What game we, was that? We went Cloak and Dagger into Loftus Road when he played away at QPR. He says, oh, give us one of them. I'll go and stick it in the bogs. And I gave it to him, and you're greeted by a big wall that says, Welcome away, fans. Here's your sticker wall. <laughs> Put your stickers in. <laughs> so it's right next to Forest on Tour or Newcastle Ultras. And it, does, it says, of course, the sticker, famously. Uh, uh, Love Rovers Hate Venkies. Love Rovers Hate Venkies. But perhaps more impressively, you may, you, I think you'll appreciate this, Al. What's that, what's that big banner say that, you, that you've now rolled out as well? How does it feel to treat me like you do? Very good. Except the way it's written... They've got the they've got the one line written sort of like top to bottom and then the other line. So if you read it across, it's absolutely very very confusing. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. I'll tr- but we'll worry about that later on. How now, to, no. what it, let's 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 roll back the years to that to those glory glory games that England last played on the Gareth Southgate. Just quickly, really, on this subject, I thought we conducted himself rather well, as a sort of figure that is in charge of England. I'm not, not necessarily judging the games itself, but just the idea of Gareth, the idea of Gareth Southgate, let's put it like that. What do you think, Al? I thought he conducted himself well up to a point, and I'm trying to remember what that point was, because I suddenly thought, 
Oh, he's been brilliant all the way through. So come back to me, Mark. I will. So I'm going to think. But uh, yeah, up to a point, I thought he was statesmanlike in all he had to say. He was he was an England manager, but then he did something after the have second game. I'm going to have a mull on it. We've got 30 minutes. This could come out in time. <laughs> the one, the bit that did it for me, Mike, was the fact that I thought he... He took on and then nipped in the bud the way Rooney thing yeah, with real skill. Yeah, I was just going to say that. He dealt with the, rain, the Rooney issue, which other managers hadn't. Allardyce almost embraced in, the, uh, in his glory run um, <clears throat> the Rooney situation. He got out of jail. Um, what were you going to say? I think the light bulb's <laughs> gone on. <laughs> I've remembered. I've remembered. Yeah. I just thought it was absolutely pointless of him to say that he'd been left with a mess because we all knew that. Ah, that's, a very, then, yeah, that's, a good, then, that's a good point. Yeah, so that, that was the thing that got me. And I, I thought he was brilliant all the way up to, I think it was the second day. It was his second press conference after the second game where he obviously just maybe got bored of being the, the straight man that was going to say everything right. I don't mind honesty, but it was just a pointless thing to do just because, you know, you'd got to the end of two games. We hadn't conceded any goals. We were lucky in the second game, but he, he effectively achieved what we wanted him to. Yeah. Not lose a game, not be humiliated. Okay, they didn't beat Malta by the kind of amount that people at home wanted them to, to or, do or, so. Or Scotland did. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Shame goals, yeah. yeah. Sorry, lads. But um, I just thought it was absolutely pointless to then point at the old regime in the way that uh, politicians do. Well, just, not least so. of which as well, of course, is that name the amount of times the manager's come in not inheriting a mess. Isn't that the inherent nature of the gig? Self-serving, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Exactly, uh, yeah, exactly. But what, what kind of mess? All right, they've had a, a bad run at the World Cup, but he's still got a, a reservoir of talent to pick from. It's just how that talent's been managed before. And I suppose, which, which as well, to extend that point that I was making, is that to then use the word mess, there may be a few players in this squad going, hold on, I'm what? Yeah. I'm part of a what? I mean, it, mm. it, it's, it wasn't necessary. Uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. It wasn't an upbeat message to send out, was it? No, um, he didn't. There's no point in me, you know, telling us we're going to have the own the world, you know. But like, there was, it, it just felt a little bit churlish at that stage. Arguably. He could. He, there's a whole number of things he could have said, I suppose, isn't there? About picking the morale up off the floor. That's, yeah, that's not a mess. That's that's his challenge as a manager. Any yeah. manager coming in, and you know, and how many managers can we pick who are going to be coming into new jobs that have uh, that are having to do that now? And doesn't it actually usually work out quite well for them? Yeah, exactly. Well, until the next one. I was also going to say, if, if you were going to say it, it was worth saying before the Malta game. Yeah. Now you're saying now, it before it two excuse? really important games yeah. where, you know, we've got Scotland and then Spain in the in the friendly. That's when you want your players on side. And, okay, I think people would accept him saying, just before his first game in charge, look at the mess I've been left with. And people might have seen him saying that as buying his excuses early but to say it after the second game is really odd if he's only got four games to say it in the middle of the four games is, mm. is weird yeah I, I, I just wonder if there was something the, the worry about it is is there is something in it that he's been now involved up there and that he's encountered what he has to encounter, whatever whatever corridors he's got to walk up and down, whatever red tape he feels he's got to untangle. But is this why he didn't want it in the first place? This, and here we go so suddenly he's decided oh Jesus I, I was yeah. right the first time there could be a part of that about that, I guess. I, I, sorry, Michael. I, I sat next to Trevor Brookin at a game about five, six years ago, a non-league game, but it was a team in the FA Cup, so he was there representing the FA. And after we got small talk out of the way during the second half, the game died down, and I started talking to him about the FA in England. And he said, mark my words, Gareth Southgate is the one we're grooming for success. He's wow. going to be yeah. a great England manager. So it's always been in the plan. Now... 
I'm almost certain that that plan wouldn't have been hatched behind his back <laughs> while he's in a <laughs> while he's in a corner somewhere at St George's Park. Going, yeah. you don't know what we've got in plan for you. Plan for well, you. like, you know, like the must worst, have been. like a terrible <laughs> surprise party down yeah. Weatherspoons again. Yeah. No, I don't want to go out. So no, you've got to cover that. Shut <laughs> up, it's happening. <laughs> but so how? Yeah. I, see, I'm, and I'm good with that because I've yeah. argued, you know, before. Unfortunately, I've, I've said this before on here is that you know my, my argument was that you, you should promote from within, but my argument at that time was. Based on Stuart Pearce getting the job, so that might have not been the right argument yeah. because he may not be the right over there. But it just strikes me is that Southgate has been, and our backs it up there because if Trevor Brook is saying that that's the yeah. talk inside the FA, we've arrived at the it's place a long time we were ago. meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's, we've arrived where we we're meant to get to. But everyone, everyone talks about the great job that he's done with the under twenty ones and all the yeah. rest of it. Obviously, the circumstances of him getting the job on a temporary basis weren't of his choosing or anybody's choosing, apart from the investigative journalist from the Daily Telegraph. Quite right. Um, and I, I think I, I'll, I'll spot on. I, um, I think he would have made a good England manager. He's now got to prove himself in a really short space of time. Yeah. Or that plan is shot. It's gone. So he was going to survive Bestgate. And he's all right. Okay, but that, listen, that's in the past with a bit of luck. We'll be discussing this in a few weeks again because, of course, we'll have an international break again. The international break, of course, um, I, and you are now, I now turn to you as our Northern slash Championship correspondent. Um, I don't know why you're inheriting all of these because you're now going to talk about Cardiff, Aston Villa and Derby. But, of course, as well you know in that division, and Al, uh, Al's got loads of experience in this in his job as well, is my God, they, they they land the axe lands quick and arse, doesn't it? In that division, yeah, it does because you sink below that watermark, then you really are truly stuffed, and it's a long, long way back to the dreams and riches of the Premier League, which is what every football club owner wants if they realise that you can, in fact, be relegated from the Premier League at some point. Unlike our owners who didn't know that. <laughs> Small details, a mere back of tell. Thought, thought yeah. it was the American rules. Where yeah, exactly. Yeah. Got, yeah. It's. Uh, Nil but you're right, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's unforgiving, and you know, for, for us, for our club, not that anybody out there cares if you don't support them, but it proves um, the clubs that have started and struggled have got new managers in, and they ain't going to struggle. So we're down in the dead in the doldrums. So, so, we, so is there is there an idea that it is a fix, Al? I mean, not a fix. You know, that it fixes the situation. That 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 change of manager, if you think sharp and quick, it can do a job, which is the worrying part of this. Because, because if this previous that changing a man early works, then it's going to happen all the time, isn't it? Well. The stats prove overall, and uh, there's a decent stats guy at the Racing Post called Kevin Pauline. You might not have heard of him because he keeps very much under the radar. But, I bet he does. But his work, dark room, I reckon. His work, you know, speaks speaks volumes for him. And he analysed managerial changes going back about ten years in all divisions, and said that some clubs improved by about a third of a goal a game, and some declined by about a third of a goal a game. If you put all the stats together. There's not no much change, change at all. Really? So, oh, God. so I think then it does come down to who you're picking and choosing. So uh, it's hardly a revelation to say that if you pick a good manager, that's no, better no, than one granted, before. No. But he, what he's proven there is that it can go backwards and it can go forward. So it will be totally dependent on the manager. It's not about the players doing it. But you mentioned the championship, the championship and the national league, which used to be the conference. Those two divisions, I think 
from my experience of all of the football in this country, are the two most difficult divisions and the harshest on their managers. Yeah. yeah. Eight of the 24 in the conference have already gone. No! The season is only 82 wow. days old in that division. My God, because they can't afford to hang around. They and cannot afford to hang around. works. There's, well... Not necessarily uh, again, that. It's the same argument, I guess. There's a, an additional expectation on the teams that fall into that division from the Football League to say, well, you're in with a bunch of non-league teams now. Surely you should be winning. Yeah. Which isn't quite true, because if you're in a habit of losing, what you realise is you come into a bottleneck of 10 good teams that are just sufficiently outperforming their... Well, they're not non-league budgets anymore. I mean, non-league is no, a bit, it's of, a blur a, it's a bit of a misnomer there, in that yes. league. There are only four part-time teams. But... You get teams as big as Wrexham that are just about to enjoy, well, I say enjoy in inverted commas, their ninth season in the league. Now, they're a huge team that obviously, you know, shocked my team, Arsenal, in the FA Cup going back years. They're, they are thought of as a football league team, but yeah. they are yeah. struggling down there. Took, took Luton, a club of huge stature, five years to get out, and they changed their manager four times before it worked for them. Um, but the average amount of time for being promoted, if you're at a championship club, it's 22 months if you're a manager, and most aren't lasting that long. And in the in the conference, it's 18 months. Good so job. you've actually wow. got to get that person in at least halfway through the previous season yes. for them yeah. to implement the changes that are going to get them up. But whether you can rely on that or not, nobody knows. So there's an, there's those are the difficult sense divisions. There's an inevitability about it in that sense as well. Let's just deal with the individual cases. And, and we'll, in terms of Neil Warnock, we'll have to obviously stay with outside of the auspices of what's going on near the Thames just by Westminster Bridge. We don't have any... Parliamentary privilege on this uh, show. Uh, I believe <laughs> I have checked uh, just then, and the answer is no. Um, Neil Warnock, Steve Bruce, Steve McLaren. Yeah. Tick, tick, X. What, where's your game with those? I, I think all three of them will do a better job than the really? than the manager who was there before, yeah. I saw, I've seen Derby this season, um, and I thought that they looked like a club in paralysis. The players didn't know that they didn't know a game plan. They had... They were holding on to the ball and not knowing who to pass it to. And Blackburn Rovers did a 24-pass Barcelona-esque move. That's the greatest goal of the season so far, wasn't it? It's our greatest goal this season. Ever? Yeah, in, in one of our two wins. But, hey, um, Villa, again, it's you know it's a club in crisis that can't somehow get out of that. And they've, they've acted swiftly. Uh, and I think Steve Bruce is a good manager to get them out of that division. And then, finally, there's Steve. Yeah. Who's actually a student at the university that I work at in Manchester, doing a Masters in Sports Directorship. And this, this part of time. Yeah. <laughs> so presu- presumably we're going to still hold on to his what, McLaren service. Uh, Derby's a weird one because, of course, they're, they're, they're a team that's meant to have done in the last two seasons and it's gone horribly wrong. Neil Warnock, though, is the one that we haven't said, that we did mention in that little lot there. It's, it, it, it's just basically... Almost silly that he keeps coming back and just getting a job done. And because he keeps, I don't know what get, the job well, is that he because, gets done. He's be, saving because he gets the job done. That's why he keeps coming back. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that the one time he fails, people will because he tends he to get a bit of a yeah, bad so he press. He's basically, his last. I can't remember him really failing, but I'm, I'm sure there QBR are people. QBR was the one that where it was where he just yeah. suddenly got that you know was allowed yeah. off the leash, wasn't yeah. he? And, yeah. and it just didn't quite happen. I'm sure there are people shouting at this podcast <laughs> now saying, hey, messed what my club up completely. Yeah. But but um, I think he's got enough of a reputation to keep getting those jobs because 
he does exactly what he says on the tin, doesn't yeah, he? Really? It's yeah, it's true. He gets that. And, and, and Steve Bruce is an interesting one for me because Steve Bruce could have technically been wondering why the FA didn't give him a shout when Allardyce was kicked out because he was close. Second favourite. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And I believe that second favouritism was based on the fact that he was on a two-man shortlist. Yeah. It wasn't just it speculating he was close, behind. It? Yeah. He was actually on a two-man shortlist. Wow. But he'll find it odd that they haven't come back to him quickly so, so maybe that shortlist was based prior to an interview that he might have not impressed in but then again there's also the thought that the FA have had their fingers burnt with Allardyce and Steve Bruce isn't that type of wheeler dealer ca- wheeler dealer character but certainly the way that uh, England were going to play under Sam Allardyce might have been very similar to Steve Bruce and to then just throw that on the English pu- English football pub yes. and say, yeah. uh, here's the next guy, and he's pretty much carbon copy, <laughs> like, but we think he's pretty squ- squeaky clean, like but it's going to be the same. Like yeah, well, yes, yeah. So to come back now. to what you're saying earlier, it's time to accelerate plan B, which they were always yeah. going to execute at the end of Sam's ru- run after the World Cup. Well, anyway. in theory, that should have, for me, I was, I, I was but, relatively pleased about the idea that always was, I get back to that point, that perhaps Southgate was just the heir apparent anyway, he just got there a tad quicker yeah. than perhaps even he imagined he was going to do. Yeah. Does it not feel a bit odd, though, to, to say to him, four games? They've not exactly said four games and then we'll see how you're doing. They've actually said four games and then we'll appoint the manager, which suggests yeah. they're not even thinking about him. Mm. To, I mean, yeah. let, let's look at it logically. If he takes the four games, then they appoint someone then I don't think there's any point down the line where he can come back and hold authority over players no. or or any squad. For a good 10, 15 years, you'd need at least two generations of squad to move out. And he'll be quite if, old then. If he does well and then he's simply just moved aside, as you say, so that so we can get a proper manager in, that is a, is a massive slap in the face, mm. It depends it? how he, he plays it as well. He could say, I'm not ready for this. I've still got unfinished business with the under-21s. I've still got a lot to learn. Yeah, yeah I'm up for this. That sounds like Love a conversation. So we'd have around a, 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 a you know a ballroom table, much in the way they try and always uh, find the best, the cutest way out of these situations. Yeah. I want to take us back now, twelfth of October, nineteen ninety-six. This is this is perfect. Blackburn, Arsene Wenger's first eleven. I saw this the other day. Oh, yeah. Fascinated me. I'll read it out because I did not know this is how it was set up. Seaman in goal. Okay, we'll take that. We've got Ryan Hartson up top. We've got David Platt, Patrick Vieira, and Paul Merson in midfield. We've got a five. Mm, five, yeah. We've got Dixon and Winterburn wide, Keown Adams and Bold as three central defenders. I'd either forgotten or didn't, but whatever that was, the idea of that formation amazed me when I read that the, the other day. Yeah. Do you remember it? I vividly remember it. Yeah, vividly remember. And... The funny thing is, I mean, people used to talk about the famous Arsenal back four and would yes. always see, and, and would always start to name the players and you would go, Seaman, Dixon, Winterburn, Adams, Bold and Keown. Now, <laughs> you always had... In anybody. But that's, the, yeah. but that's the thing, you always had the five in there and it's amazing that he decided that, oh, I thought this was the famous Arsenal back four, but I'm not sure which one of, I think is I best out of those three centre-backs. Bold replaced one of them at some point. No, that didn't happen. Keown had, had been had been at the club, then went to Aston Miller and Everton, then came back to the club under George Graham, then played in midfield for probably two or three seasons of dire, dire football, and then suddenly 
was used as a backup centre back. So it was always Bolden Adams, and I mean Bold got his chances in the ninety seven ninety eight. Yeah. season which yeah. followed that which was obviously uh Wenger's first full season the the double season and um the Blackburn game in that season is the one that I always talk about D- I, 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 I should there. defer to Michael for this one here yeah, yeah I was there uh, I believe we won yeah um I seem to remember Ian Wright having a bit of a row with the fans through yeah. the window of the dressing room at that game Wow. This is incredible because this is a, tour, a, a story that I always tell and nobody can ever back me Excellent. up. Excellent. Here we go. And I'm now glad you've, got me together, together. you've got me together with someone that does. Um, in, in Avenal Road, outside of the, uh, the main stadium, about a month previous to the Blackburn Rovers game, we beat Bolton at home and Ian Wright broke the scoring record. with his, He equaled it, took his top off, then broke it and took his top off again. And he was hanging out of that window at the end of the game and it was, you know, the sun was shining and everyone was happy. And then we went on a really terrible run at home. Uh, we played Payak Salonika in the UEFA Cup, when you used to take the UEFA Cup seriously. Yeah. And Arsene Wenger did his usual of not really quite working out the away goals rule particularly well. And we went out at home to them on the away goals rule. And now nobody ever remembers that. And then we... Drew at home to Newcastle. We lost at home to Liverpool. We're out, absolutely outplayed. And then we, was it 3-1, the yeah. game we're talking about? And we lost 3-1 at home to Blackburn. And then, talking of Adams and Keown and Bold, Adams and Keown called a meeting on the Monday for the players and they kept Wenger out of it. And then they went to Wenger's office. This is in Adams' autobiography. And, that, and bear in mind, the people were shouting up at the window and Wright was arguing with them, but they're actually calling for Wenger's head. Now, if it was these days with Twitter, social media yeah. and phones, you'd have documented evidence of that. And he might not have actually lasted beyond that. I mean, who knows what would have happened? Because it was it's a just, shocking, it's shocking Paul Robbins moment, isn't it? Out, yeah. of, yeah. out of Europe, out of, you know, out of everything. Um, and obviously looking like we were out of the league. And Adams and Keown went in and said, look, Petit and Vieira, they're fantastic players, but they're both charging forward, leaving us completely exposed. We're uh, ageing back forward. We do know what we're doing football-wise, but we do need at least one midfielder to protect us. And after that, it was Adams that implemented those tactics and Wenger wow. allowed it. And then we went on a 32-match unbeaten run and won the double. And Arsene Wenger is lauded as a genius, which yeah. is why I've always had this thing where I say he's good... But he's not a great because I did. I did. Well, I did say the night before <laughs> we met. Been allowed like, to. Al's got the odd caveat or two about his his team. What do, do, what do you know about the Ian Wright? Did, did you see the Ian Wright situation? No, I didn't. But one of his excuses afterwards that he was having a go at Blackburn fans, and I was thinking, I don't think any of us would. You don't come out, out that, that way. way. No, no, no. no, no, no. no. Oh, yeah. I see. So he's trying to redress the balance. Yeah. Yeah. Just. What do you think? I mean, both of you. I, I mean, let's start with you, Mike. Look at the top of the of the, of the Premier League. Too early to judge, but patently we've seen some form from all of the the important teams. And we're sitting there, obviously, after that Liverpool Man United game, in which you know United went and did a job. Who are you liking? Man City. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, even, even when they draw at home to Everton. Was it Ronald Koeman said about that performance? That's the best team he's ever played against. He did He's, say he's that, ever managed he? yeah. a, a team against. lining up against. And, you know, they missed two penalties. How, how unlikely is it that a goal... Well, you, give, give me the odds on that, Al. <laughs> missing two <laughs> penalties the in the game. Or the goal... No, not missing. It, two different players and the goalkeeper saving both of them the oh, same you're, way you're at different in, ends. You're looking into 
four, five hundred to one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, lovely. So City, good still for you then? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's I, I can't see Zabaleta staying there at the end of next season and and Kolarov. Uh, I think the long-term plan that he's got, Pep will bring in different a different defensive. But good enough formation. for this year for you. But good enough, yeah. They'll score a lot of goals. It hinges a lot on De Bruyne and Aguero. Yeah. But yeah, it looks like he's bought well as well. Okay, so dare I ask you, Al? What do you think? You got a chance this year? I sat in this room two weeks ago and I did the the. Uh, footballistically Arsenal podcast of this parish. Yes. And uh, I was asked the same question. And, and, and look, the way I answer this is, we can win the league. Nice. But I don't think we will win the league. And, I, and you know, I, I just don't think it's there anymore. I really don't. Um, Have you not got as good a chance as anybody, given what's happened thus far this season? We had a better chance than anybody with about eight games to go last season. We went odds-on again. We've been odds-on in five of the last ten years at one point, and we failed to win the league. So, I mean, if that was a horse that was heavily right. odds-on so for a the, race... So, basically, it's the, it's the baggage that is, that is we don't, holding it, you back in this, then. Look, I mean, look, I, I put up with... <laughs> Because of all this, uh, the, the people I argue with most on Twitter happen to be my own fan base, which is... And I don't mean my fan base, I don't have one. It's a lovely notion, though. Fellow Arsenal fans. Al and Alga fans, yeah. you know, I think we all <laughs> follow that, don't we? Yeah. Well, I am now. Yeah, of course Definitely. we do, yeah. Definitely. But it's, it's, it's an argument I'm having, and, th- and they're criticising Jose Mourinho. I'm thinking, if Arsene Wenger had an ounce of the tactical nous to be able to produce the performance we did last night and had used it in the 10 or 20 games we needed him to do so in the last 20 years, uh, sorry, 10 years, then we might have had a few more titles under him. So I don't, you know, our, our fan base are very much, I, I think one even said to me, I'd rather see, took the point even further by saying, uh, I wouldn't want to put up with that every week. I'd rather just not win and, uh, and play good football, which to a point you've got to agree with, but Surely, the balance is, you know, the trophies and the good football. It's what everyone aspires do, to. Do, yeah, do, can you, I, I, you know, I accept, accept what I was saying there, but I, I, I'm, I'm prepared to be one, you know, I'm, I'm a, we're, we're a step away. We're not fans. And what I've seen this year says, oh, do you know what? This feels like he's got it right. That may be something that has been said many times before, but what do you reckon, Mike? I, I, I must say, I do... I don't want to offend you, but I do listen a lot to Arsenal supporters when I have the occasion to watch them on television or occasionally venture to see you either at up north or on the one time when I've been there. And I think, what a great football inside. Exciting, fluid. I, um, contrary to you, I, I, I love the way Aaron Ramsey links the play in that Arsenal side. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well he's back soon, so watch the form dip. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I do often listen to Arsenal supporters on social media and on phone-ins and think, my goodness me, um, try and look at the world through our shoes sometimes. Yeah, I, I, I never buy that, Michael. And... I just think everything's relative. So, they're, you know, it's like comparing jobs or houses or things like that. I mean, you're stuck with your team and where they are is where See, you're, you're right. you'll he, base your opinions. He hasn't, he hasn't got that perspective, which is a, which is a very good <laughs> point. Um, but I've worked in non-league football. I've seen, I've seen proper 
hardship down down in the in the lower <laughs> divisions and yeah. Actually, just on that note, before because I want this one last time I'll talk about. Before, uh, where are we at Blackburn? What what what's the story? Oh, we're going down. No question. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. good. They're lovely. Look through your shoes, as you just said, which is an interesting uh, metaphor. You did say that, didn't you? No, I didn't. I said, stand and look at the world through our shoes. Standing in my shoes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Actually, <laughs> you did, you, it's a wonderful mixed metaphor. I've read that. Look at the world through our shoes, you said. I didn't. <laughs> you did. <laughs> it's marvellous. <laughs> but you're going down, are you? Oh, yeah. 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 Excellent. Well, I'm glad we summed that up. <laughs> Let You've me got the title for the podcast, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and indeed, a philosophy on life, possibly even a tattoo. Um, Leicester. First of all, before we deal with the other Leicester, interesting turn up at, 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 on, on a football pitch for Leicester of recent times that you discovered. Yeah. Um, uh, Ji Sung Park, yeah. former Korean captain, appeared in a World Cup semi-final, won countless medals for Manchester United, has now retired from football and is doing a degree at Leicester de Montfort University, wow. where he has turned out for his faculty team. Ha! How about that? Yeah. And they wow. were beaten 7-1 by the vice chancellor's <laughs> 11. Giving the ball away in midfield. Exactly. As right, every yeah. Manchester <laughs> <laughs> will tell you. See, I told you. Yeah. Exactly. Now, oh, I, if only Aaron Ramsey could join a university in about five years' time. Yeah, well, what, what we'd like... <laughs> engineering course could do it. <laughs> what we'd like at our university was for Steve McLaren to take charge of the first 11 and maybe stick Kevin Davis up front. Or oh, is he another point? Oh. Is he working... Is he there as well? Super, super Kev, yeah. Look yeah. at the... Cr- look Steve at the cream of football at his place where, Kev- where Mike works. Kevin Davis, who has the most defensive wife on Twitter. She searches his name and will seek out any bad comments. And, really? Uh, Have you noticed that, Mike? <laughs> yeah, that's a bit... Lovely lady, by the way, because yeah. she does then engage in conversation rather than having a go. Looks after Mr. But yeah. I tell you what I like, and just want to finish on this... I'd one. love a wife like that, Oh, Mark. exactly, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Probably several. Just, you know, just in case the first one breaks down, you've got the other one to back it up, yeah. yeah. Um, Leicester are playing as we speak, or will be in a, in a few weeks' time. Clano Ranieri, interesting uh, position I think he's taken, and I'll see what you boys think of it before we wrap up. In the Premier League, we must be safe, he says, Claudio, by the end of the year. The, Champion League's, the Champions League is now. This is, of course, off the back of losing 3-0 at Chelsea, um, but they beat Bruges and they beat um, uh, and they beat, uh, Porto. Yeah. Co- they're, they're on their way. Can you see the point he's making? Are, are you comfortable? Would you be comfortable with that, say, if you were a Leicester fan? I think the owners there are so hands-on that there's no way he'd have got away with that unless they ah. would have actually said to him, that's okay, we're happy with your plan. Now, they know that the, the Premier League is, a, is, you know, well, it was a one in 5,000, probably even that was the wrong price, one in 10,000 shot last year that they managed to cop. They were short of price this season, but I still think it was going to be as difficult if they managed to... Uh, mount a charge so what's actually happened is and I think it's totally valid I think they're going for sort of a mid-table finish and going to throw everything at Leicester having their one shot at the Champions League you saw that in the team selection for the Chelsea game Um, I was surprised Vardy played because outside of that you were thinking well really it looks as if they're sacrificing games the difficulty will be if those three teams you spy at the bottom of the table at the moment somehow pick up but I can't see that. So they're not going to go down, are they, with the quality they've got? It's a good punt. I don't know how far it'll go. It'll probably only go as far as, um, you know, a a harsh knockout draw. But, look, you fair play to them. Well, that's the the point. He says now. He's used the word now, which which is important. As far as he's concerned, 
it was, last year, it was about getting enough points to stay up. Yeah. I think it's about it winning the title. It's about being being involved in meaningful contests right to the end of the Champions League. So if they're in the group stage and they're still contending, what they don't want is an half-empty stadium with one. I don't I don't know what their fixtures are, but there's nothing worse than that when your campaign's already died. It's the sort of thing that Scottish teams do, isn't it? Yeah, and they don't they they don't want that. And to get then into the group stage, then it becomes a roller coaster. Then it becomes actually, it's chance, luck, and destiny, and anything can happen. And frankly, it did last season. So why not? I, I, I think it's a fairly shrewd strategy because they're not going to win it again, and they're not going to have the, a chance necessarily of competing in the Champions League again. You know, we made that mistake. You know, I was the one that thought, ah, I'll give Trelleborgs a miss. I got the next round when we get a decent away <laughs> trip. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Trelleborgs sound like a good one as well. How about Arsenal for this uh, for this year? They, are they uh, well equipped for the Champions League? Yeah. Um, again, I still don't think that that Wenger protect, uh, possesses the the tactical nails to actually to get through the the knockout games against tough teams. And 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 I mean, bear in mind, people say, "Oh, you always get in the knockout stages." A lot of the time, it is against teams where we are the underdog. So yeah, you've got it, it, it you've got to teams. give him that. Yeah. But you know, you had the year when we played a poor Monaco team and and incomprehensible that the, the home game against them the way we gave away the ball and if you haven't got a manager that's prepared to put in the hours and actually come up with a plan for each game and on eight million quid a year you probably should be but he doesn't we know he doesn't because you know the players say he doesn't so that's another big flaw for me and that, that means yeah. that you won't be winning a, a tournament that takes although you said with Leicester it can take a bit of luck can take you through but to actually outright go and win it no, you need no. you need a plan no it's about competing mm. and, and giving giving the fans something it yeah. strikes me it's actually much more about a boutique sticker campaign because <laughs> <laughs> patently that's going to work and we'll see how that pans out with the world of Blackburn and perhaps we can then defer it and we'll start moving it around the other football clubs and change football forever gentlemen thank you very much indeed that was great fun this was the Whistleblowers Sports Social Podcast Network